Whenever we have this parable, I can't help but think, no one literally would, would think this way, uh, the way that the, uh, those that took care of the vineyard did. Well, this is the heir, let's kill him, and then we inherit everything. Although, uh, by uh, some rule of Jewish law, if there is no one left to inherit the land, uh, the landowner's land then goes to those that were tending it. So, in a, in a, in a way that isn't as, I just had that realization uh, not too long ago, but, uh, but in a way that is true, but no landowner is going to sit there and reward the tenants who have had such a wicked thought. He's, they're not going to be tenants very long. They're going to be, for most likely, hopefully, put in jail or, or maybe something a little bit more drastic. And yet, Jesus tells this parable with this particular, uh, particularly um, alarming twist to help us to get to think that don't we in our own lives do that? Don't we say to God sometimes, I'm not going to follow your son. I'm not going to follow your, your laws. I'm going to break relationship with you and you're going to reward me. Well, again, we might not literally say that, but we think we can live, live lives of all sorts of, and I'm not talking necessarily us in particular, maybe, maybe well, in little ways, but in, in I'm talking thinking in big ways, we, um, we think we can, as human beings, we can do whatever we want, and then, gee, why am I miserable? Why, why is it that if I do a bunch of drugs that I get sick? Why is it if I act out, misuse my sexuality, that I get disease? Or... <laughs> More recently, why is it that when, when we, uh, uh, a man and woman come together, why is it that it always ends a pregnancy? Like that's a disease. We, we, we do whatever we want and then we think, well, why is it God isn't blessing me? This parable helps us to understand that we have really done that. We've kicked Jesus Christ out of our lives, out of our cities, out of our, uh, out of our jobs, out of, out of our schools. We've kicked him out time and again, and we've said, bless us, bless us, bless us, as a society. And God is, well, you haven't allowed me in. And yet, the beautiful thing about this is God knows the people that are going to accept him. God knows the people that are going to reject him. God knows and God had a plan all along of making that plan come to fruition. Little did they know, those that sought to put Christ to death, what his death would mean, what his death would do. That in his death, in his resurrection, more importantly, he changed the world. It's Herod the Great all over again, seeking to put to death the Christ child, and in doing so, points even more mightily to the Christ child. Or even in today, for uh, just as an example, in, in this poor Joseph, 
with the amazing quote, the dreamer, the master dreamer, let's put him to, to death. No, 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 no. Well, we can't have him. We can't have him in our family. He thinks we're going to someday bow down to him and worship him. Or, well, not necessarily worship as God, but bow down and, and honor him that somehow this young little punk is going to be better than us, bigger than us. So let's just get rid of him. Oh, here's a band of Ishmaelites. Let's sell him. And those that know the story know what happens. That he gets sold to Egypt. There he's a slave, as a master dreamer continuing through a series of circumstances, is made second of Egypt. And once you know, a famine hits and his brothers come and beg him for food, bowing down before him. God had a plan. God has a plan. This day, I think we're encouraged to be more like Joseph than we are the tenants. To simply know that God has that plan, that he knows what he's doing, and that we would say to him, Lord, help me to do what you ask me to do. Help me to not put your, the messengers to death, not to reject your son, and not to just simply expect good things, but that we would receive, accept, implement, live out your plan for us.